weren't so sure under the angioplasty exam, uh, but when they took the MRI, who, which gives you everything in detail, um, my friend Dwayne was told, you are free and clear. We haven't found anything. <laughs> so do you see the difference here when I say that you, uh, your cancer is your mission and then the doctor says you are cancer free. Praise God. Anyways, that's what the blood of the sacrifice animals did. It put sin into remission. And that's why the Bible tells us that, tells us in Hebrew 10.3, but in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again of sins every year. In other words, they, if the, they, they go into remission for the time of the sacrifice, but then they have to be offered again because there's a remembrance. It's like going to a doctor and he or she checks out checks you out and says, uh, your cancer is back, and then you go back again for chemo, and after a few chemo treatments, the doctor says, your cancer is in remission, and back and forth. This is what the Hebrew children had to go year round, uh, after year after year after year after year. However, everybody say, but this man, Thank you. But this man, which man? Jesus Christ, the Bible says. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I would preach and teach on sanctification every given chance, simply because the blood of Jesus is the only means of attaining to holiness, without which, the Bible says, no man shall see the Lord, as well as the Bible tells us plainly, God speaking, be ye holy, for I am holy. If God says, be ye, he will never demand from us not that, that something that's unreasonable or that's not possible. If he says, be ye holy, that means we can live holy. By what means? On our own? Never. No. By the blood of Jesus Christ, Amen. which he shed on the cross. There's only one way for us to be declared free from the cancer of sin. And that is by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, which he shed on the cross of Calvary. That is the second part of the lesson from last week about the Apostle Paul establishing an apostleship. And I shared a little bit with uh, uh, Victor about uh, Paul coming to the Apostles he never thought for one minute to go on his own. He went to the apostles. I'm probably thinking there, the Lord Jesus might have said something to him, you know. <laughs> go to Jerusalem. You'll find the church there, and Peter and James and John. 
And uh, we already discussed last week how that um, they established the fact that the grace, the Bible says, Paul speaking exactly, uh, 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 actually, the grace that was given to Peter, James, and John to minister the gospel to the circumcision or the Jews, the same grace was given to us, Paul, Titus, and Barnabas, to minister the gospel to the uncircumcision, which is the Gentiles. And I might uh, add uh, what I shared with Victor, good old Simeon. Read about Simeon sometime. The person that was uh, the uh, person that was told the prophet uh, prophet Simeon that was told he never taste death until he has seen God's anointed. And uh, led by the Holy Spirit, he knew where to go and who to see. He immediately went to Mary. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking, you know, there might have been other kids that, uh, that were brought that day to be circumcised, but he didn't go to anybody. He went to Mary and Joseph and took the child, the Bible says, and blessed God and said, now let your servant depart. In other words, I'm ready to go now. And he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. A light, first he says, a light to the Gentiles. And then he says, and the people, and, glo and the glory of your people Israel. God's glory Glory to God. I felt this when I tell you, uh, Victor, and I feel it now. God's glory will never depart from Israel. He says, let my right hand forget her cunningness before I forget Israel. Amen. I believe we uh, can go now to the second part of our, I think we got about halfway, so. Uh, what do you say we go to uh, question number 15? No, oh, I think it was 12. <laughs> okay. All right, question number 15. We got 20 questions. is this, uh, uh, describe Peter's behavior before and after the group sent by James came to Antioch. Uh, Peter, I mean, not Peter. Uh, Victor and I shared this a little bit downstairs about uh, Peter's reaction of the group of uh, people that had seen him go uh, into the house of Cornelius which was all arranged by God, by him seeing a vision and uh, being told by God uh, not to call nothing unclean, that God is cleansed. So, because in the vision he saw a sheet that descended from heaven full of four-footed beasts, uh, they were unclean. And he was commanded to eat, and he said, no, not me, Lord. Your, Mo, your man Moses said not to do it. And God re reprimanded me. He said, uh, what, I, what I have cleansed, don't you call unclean. 
So it says, two men waiting for you. Go with them. And the Gentiles received the gospel. But the group that came, all right, we, have, we, uh, we are on a question. I don't mean to wander off like that. I'm sorry. We, uh, anybody would like to uh, speak a little bit on the behavior, Peter's behavior before and after the group sent by James came to Antioch. Like I said, I, I don't need to remind you. I have every question answered. It's in red, as you can see it. But I would like to, anybody? Yes, Brother Dave. I'll take a step in that. Uh, I think it's uh, important to realize uh, the, uh, the setting. Because we have the New Testament church, and we have Gentiles, we have Jews. And uh, a lot of things are changing. The ground rules are changing because they're no, uh, Jews are no longer supposed to live under law and the Gentiles are not supposed to live by law uh, or, or be brought under the law. And, be brought, and, yeah, and so you good. have a lot of these struggles going on. You have Jews that it's hard to let go of the old ways. Uh -huh. And, you, uh, you know, Gentiles coming in not knowing anything but, you know, but Jesus and then... They're trying to fit in, and so uh, they can be manipulated by, you know, Jews uh, to get under law. So all this stuff is going on, and I think that Paul's rebuke of Peter was nece necessary uh, to set things in order in the New Testament church, you know, in the early church. And so uh, basically Peter, he was a Jew, but yet he was free by Christ, and and as you mentioned, he, he had uh, had that vision uh, from God yes. three times, mm -hmm. uh, kind of letting him know that uh, things are changing. Gentiles are no longer considered unclean people and uh, mm -hmm. because the Jews would, would have no uh, dealings with Gentiles, as we found out you know, in the parable of the, uh, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan. Yes. I mean, uh, they just didn't mix together. And, uh, but, you know, Christ broke down that wall of partition between Jews and Gentiles. And so the early church had a lot of struggles. They had a lot of <coughs> mindsets to change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that's, that can be indicative of us, you know, in this age, because a lot of times we come in with, religious mindsets from other denominations uh, or other ministries we've sat under. And so a lot of times, you know, even today, we got a lot of mind changing to do, uh, you know, to be able to correctly uh, live in harmony with the rest of the New Testament church. So, um, so basically, the story went, you know, Paul noticed that Peter, uh, when the Jews were around, Peter wouldn't have anything to do with the Gentiles. And, uh, but but I would say the, he withdrew himself. Yeah, and when the Jews would leave, he'd go back and sit with the Gentiles. So Paul was, was noticing uh, these things going on, and finally, uh, Paul had enough revelation, even though... Peter was the de facto leader of the church. Paul, uh, you know, inspired, I'm 
pretty sure of the Holy Spirit uh, to set this thing in order. And, and yeah. Peter oh, yeah. Out. He called him out on the carpet and said, hey, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're a Jew, but you live like a Gentile. And, and so, so what are you, what, why are you playing the hypocrite for? Basically? And then when the Gentiles are yeah. uh, nearing, so, come by, so you turn into a Paul Jew. Paul called Peter out. Now, uh, I guess Peter could have got bitter. He could have. Uh, yeah, come he on. He could have pulled rank. That's a good point. Uh, but I don't think he did that because later on in Peter's writings, he, he pointed to Paul uh, that, the, that these letters of Paul and the doctrine of Paul was scripture. He, he called the writings of Paul scripture. Yeah, he said, uh, even as our brother Paul has written, brother Paul, he didn't say that, uh, you know, missionary to the Gentiles. He said, our brother Paul, there was no animosity so there. That kind of leads me to believe that Peter took a moment uh, and realized that Paul was right. Yeah. And he took it with humility. He took that correction uh, with humility. Amen. That's that's very good, brother Dave. That's a that's great. I mean, uh, we 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 often think, you know, well, I mean, the Bible calls James, Peter, James, and John. It, Paul calls them, you know, as you know, they were known as pillars of the church. Well, somebody needed a little bit of. You know, I don't know what's the word, encouraging. Say, yeah, that's it. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for being pointed in the right direction, and if not, you know, the Spirit of God will is with us. He is there to guard us against anything that's not of Christ and of God. Everybody satisfied with that? Number 16. Ooh, I got to read this. Although Peter encountered, uh, encountered with Cornelius was a uh, watershed moment in Jewish-Gentile relationship, the issue is oneness or unity of God's people, the, the, of, uh, the people of God continue to be challenged. I, I, I would agree with that. The unity of God's people is continually challenged. And uh, isn't it just like the enemy? Uh, I'm reminded of the tears, you know. Paul, I mean, Brother Dave just mentioned it about somebody comes in and they want to usurp their own, you know, what they know up here doesn't matter what they know or what we know up here. It, it matters what the Bible says. What's in the word of God. Anyways. We are, we are challenged. Uh, the unity, I mean, of, of God's people is challenged all the time. Question uh, Question 16. Do you think Paul expects of people who are in step with the truth? Uh, no, what do you think Paul expects of people who are in step with the truth of the gospel? 
That's the question. Go ahead, Brother Ernie. The unity of all Christians will happen. Do you want to know why I think, I mean, I believe that's going to happen. Not think, but I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen because what Jesus said must come to pass. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. And if he said that as it was in the days of Noah, in the days of Noah, wickedness went wicked. But Noah and his family were rescued, and along with the animals. Well, that we all know that that's talking about in the last days when God will gather all his people into the fold, as uh, shared with uh, with. Uh, uh, Victor, the movies, you don't go with a stick on a tiger. <laughs> the Bible says they all came to Noah. Maybe the domestic animals, he, he, he had nothing to worry about. But even if I'm thinking about Noah, okay, get it. <laughs> There's a yeah, go ahead, yeah. But... Do you see how God was the one that brought all these? So, Amen. Amen. No, I'm good. Yeah. These, we, we, we are to witness for Christ and share his love and share the plan of salvation. And this is what he called us. He, he said, my sheep hear my voice and another will, they will not hear. So it's no use you saying, well, you, you should come to our church and you should be a member of our church. Or other people saying, be member of this church or that church. No. Our job is to tell people about the plan of salvation and the finished work of the cross. And God will do the rest. I am totally convinced of that. You know, the, 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 the only uh, impedance there is faith. It may seem impossible how God would gather from all nations into one fold and, you know, for the speckled bird of the Bible, all nations and tongues. But that with God, it is nothing. It's but a light thing, the Bible says, for God to even raise the dead. A light thing. And we have very good proof of that when he just told Lazarus to come forth, who had already be, began the decay. That's a light thing. So what is impossible with men, it is but a light thing with God. All right, going back to question number 12. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, that was question number 16. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, uh, that's exactly what Brother Ernie said. There's no, no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer bond or free, male or female, but all are one in Christ. Amen. Question number 17. Justification that God has pardoned those who believe in Christ from the penalty of sin. What does being justified by faith in Christ mean to you? Victor said his love and his mercy. I like Victor. You'll find him like saying him. that. <laughs> Lord, and, Lord have mercy. Anybody else? Brother Dave? Brother Bob, uh, being justified to me means getting off scot-free. Even though I was guilty. I was justified. But I was justified by faith. Not by holiness standards, not by water baptism, not by uh, any works, not by going to church on Sunday, uh, not by giving a tithe. All those things are good things to do, but you you don't do those things to get saved. You do th those things because you because are saved. Because you are saved, yes. Because works follow faith. Faith does not follow works. Exactly. Faith, uh, works follow religion. Yeah. You know, you know uh, that, that's all you get out of religious works. But when you believe in your heart, and when you have that, uh, that one uh, crossroads moment where you realize this story about Christ being the son of God is true. Him mm -hmm. going to the cross for me is true. I accept that. I, I receive that. Now, I believe that with my heart. And when you, when you come to that crossroads, uh, you know, that is the point of salvation. And then, because you believe, you say, wow, you know, believers are supposed to be water baptized, so I want to be water baptized. Believers are supposed to go to church, so I want to start going to church. Believers are supposed to go to Bible study, so I want to go to Bible study. Believers are supposed to be giving. So I want to start giving. Come on, come on. So all of that comes after that point of salvation, that, that, that salvation by faith. Amen. 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 I love Brother Nerdy, please. You know, he says uh, justified by faith. Justified never changes. Yeah. A free gift. You've heard me say that. People think they're going to, you know, stand before God in judgment and say, well, if it wasn't for so-and-so or if it wasn't for so-and-so, I'd have been fine. You know, they were hypocrites and all that. They'll try. No, you can't say that. You won't be able to. There will be nobody else around you. You're going to stand alone before Christ and be judged before God and give an account for your own self. You there ain't gonna be nobody for you to point a finger on. And you there's there's not a chance of you trying to blame anybody. There won't be anybody around. Right. That's a fact. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Amen. And so either God declares you justified through Christ or depart from me. I never knew you. Glory to God. 
Number 18. Why do you think living for God requires that we die to the law? Anybody? Amen. Brother Victor. And uh, Brother Bob. Yes. If, uh, if you can be saved by law, then Christ died for nothing. This is why I said last week in the very same lesson, I said, Paul said that I don't take the grace of God lightly. I forget the word he used. Uh, but that's, that's what he said. And, uh, I don't take it lightly, he says. In a reference to dying to the law, uh, going back to where Peter was uh, going back from law, uh, law and grace uh, with the Gentiles, uh -huh. uh, the Jews that were uh, raised up under law, they lived by law. They had a lot of dying to do to those old uh, ways. Because they were hanging on to the works of the law. So uh, they had to learn to die to those things. Just as, just as uh, we Gentiles got to learn to die to sin. You know. So you still like the... There's a, any, any way, anywhere, Jew or Gentile, you got to do some dying. As I said, that's it. That's it. That is a very good point. To turn to Christ, my new title is to die to the law for the same lesson. But uh, spiritually speaking, we are to be crucified with Christ. Amen? Amen. And so if we are crucified with Christ, as Paul stated, we are dead to the law, but alive unto God. Ephesians chapter 2, I believe, says that. He says, ye, well, that's King James, ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ. Yes, sir. die itself 
if we died ourselves. Yeah, basically, they say that if we are crucified with Christ, then uh, we are dead to the law, but alive unto God. This is why I talk about uh, uh, sanctification so much. I am glad. I don't want you to think that I'm an expert now. I never said that. I just appreciate the fact that I have a pretty good knowledge of the doctrine of salvation. There is no other way to live holy or be set apart is what sanctification means than by the blood of Jesus. If, if the sanctification, uh, it's, a, it's a work of grace wrought in the heart of a person by the blood of Jesus. And it's God's will for us. I don't exactly remember the scripture, but it says, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. But to be sanctified by the blood of Jesus, you are set apart and you are given the grace. What people have problems with is the part that one may fall into sin. We, we fall short of the grace of God on a daily basis. But at the same time, God's grace and the blood of Jesus is sufficient. My Facebook picture says, because of Christ, I am enough. And so the struggle that happens into uh, uh, Christian, new Christians, especially new Christians, uh, uh, people, uh, saints, I should say, uh, followers of Christ, is that they are not aware of the sanctifying power of the blood of Jesus that is brought on by the Holy Ghost on a person and therefore is granted the power. We have no power of our own to do anything. Christ made that clear. Without me, ye can do nothing. But when he said his last words, it is finished, the plan of salvation was thoroughly provided and he left nothing lacking. Imagine that. And so many hundreds of years ago, that's what the psalmist said. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. The word want is translated as lack. In other. And sanctification is the only, by the blood of Jesus Christ, is the only means to attain to holiness. And once again, holiness Without, man, without which no person shall see the Lord. And, and then, then I'll reiterate again, God is not that kind of a God that he would ask anything that, in our, that is unreasonable of us. If he said, be ye holy, he has given us the means, not in ourselves, through Christ, to live holy. Yes, Brother Dave. I, I just wanted to and then Brother Ernie. Tag, tag team with you here. Uh, 
when some people hear that without holiness, you know, uh, scripture, a lot of times it's interpreted as I got to follow those holiness standards, that that list of do's and don'ts. And and uh, what a lot of people miss is that Christ is our holiness, not the set of do's and don'ts. Now, when you have Christ and when you have him in your heart, that list of do's and don'ts will take care of itself because you'll start being convicted on the inside instead of trying to follow a list. See, it's like getting the cart before the horse. Paul said, I live, and yet not I. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I live now is by the power uh, of, of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, 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 people wonder, well, what are, we, what, what, what are we? You know, just, you know, some puppets or, no. The reason God has ordained these things is because it's no flesh shall glory in his presence. The psalmist David said that. He says, when you, he says judge me, but don't bring me in, uh, on, how did he put it? Don't bring me into judgment with you, he says. For no flesh shall be justified in your sight. Yes, Brother Ernie. I think I can remember that scripture now. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may uh, give a reason for the hope that is within you. Praise God. Praise God. It takes knowledge of the word of God. If, if, if you don't know the word of God, then you are causing God to be limited in your life. The more knowledge you have of God, he delights, the Bible says, he delights. He told his disciples, he says, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Holy Ghost was given to us, not to conceal, but to reveal Christ ever more fully. As much as you want to know about Christ, it's available to you. It's in the Word of God. Through study of the Word of God, prayer and meditation, you can walk as close as John. The Bible says he often leaned on 
and then you could walk afar off like Peter. The Bible says if you follow, follow them afar off. But we, uh, what, what, the, what it all boils down to, God has brought the plan of salvation to us. And it's, it's, nobody can say, well, I didn't know. You, you knew. It's just that you decided you don't, you don't want to follow God. You'll hear the pastor often quote that scripture behind the pulpit, no one seeks after God. No, not one. But if we seek after God, it is because we have been aware, made aware of what has taken place in our life. And we have actually experienced the forgiveness of sin. And the guilt is gone. And now we have a Savior that we can come to and receive forgiveness upon forgiveness. And then, as we get to know God through his word, we fall in love with him more and more. I don't know about you, but I have, uh, I have been in a place where I actually thought, I've gotten somewhere, you know, in this Christian walk. And then what happens is, like this, for instance, this one time, I begin to think that, you know, not, not deeply or anything like that. And then I read a writing that somebody wrote in the White Wing Messenger. And I was so overwhelmed. Paul was taught by Christ, and he was able to say, oh, both uh, the riches and the wisdom of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. And so I want you to know that as I was sitting there, I dropped the white wing messenger and I fell flat on my face. I don't, I don't know it. I go, Lord, I, I'm, I'm an ignorant man after reading that. You know what I'm saying? So study the word of God. Spend time in prayer and talk to the Lord, especially now as we are nearing the end. This is what Christ, he didn't get, up, he didn't get upset. He just wanted to realize, this. what, couldn't you watch with me for an hour or so? Pray. Because he knew the importance of prayer. Prayer is communion with God. I, uh, I talk to God when I walk. When I, walk. <laughs> I talk to him just like he's walking beside me. Lord, what about this? Lord, what about that? I believe some of, uh, don't look at me that way. I, be, I bet some of you do <laughs> talk. Talk to God around the house, you know, just like. I do that at work. Exactly. Exactly. We're in continual fellowship with him. And, you know, nothing strange about that. 
because he really is there. He's right here right now. So don't be a doubting Thomas. I love you guys. I appreciate this. I also uh, was talking to Victor, was it, or uh, you guys, about when I first was asked to teach this, I had a meeting with a pastor at a restaurant. I said, I can't do this. (laughs) He says, calm down, calm down. (laughs) And he set me straight. And it went from, I don't want to do this, look forward to this, see? This is wonderful. We are are being... Uh, we're, we're being edified by the word of God here, sharing uh, thoughts in asking and uh, answering questions here. This is great. I'm glad this Bible study came along. I'm very glad of it too. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I ask that you bless each and every one, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will bless them and keep them. Lord, cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, lift up your countenance upon each and every one and give everyone peace in the name of Jesus, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name, amen. Brother Dave.